Hi everyone. Good morning. Hey. Future. <laughs> um, this is really exciting, especially for us to have the Lapianskis here. Um, so, with regard to this specific session, besides raising children of her own, since um, her children have left the house, Representative Lapiansky has started giving. Um, um, doing parenting coaching groups in which she guides parents. And, um, you know, um, for me, this is just kind of like, these are the people who are my greatest influence in my life. So it is a privilege for me to share them with you. And um, the fact that, and that's kind of combined with this like professional um, <laughs> professional influence or expertise that Representative Lapiansky now uses to give over to other people. Um, so I'm going to ask questions that were given, mm -hmm. or, or maybe we'll do a sh an introduction first. Yeah? yeah, let me. Okay, so what we're gonna do is, Representative Lapiansky is gonna give a short introduction in terms of her general approach, and then we're gonna ask specific questions. Okay. okay, so first of all, thank you everybody for coming. I can't believe everybody left everybody and just came on a Sunday morning. <laughs> we're very nice and we're very, very impressed with the community. We were here a few times. What? I'm sorry? Oh, there are seats in the front. Right. <laughs> um, we were here a few times in the past before the Fox Brothers. I mean, people remember, <laughs> and uh, we were always very amazed from the community. It's really a very special community, what you have, and we appreciate out-of-town communities, and we like them, as you know. <laughs> and, uh, and okay, I'm very happy to be here, especially at the Fox Bonaires. Um, and I hope... Uh, I'll, I'll explain myself somehow because I'm not such a teacher. I left all the teaching skills to my husband. Um, and uh, we'll see. So what I want to try to say about parenting in general is that um, parenting comes from uh, parenting is a very, very diverse uh, method. There is no method to parenting. There is no handbook for parenting. Everybody has their own shittas, their own ideas, their own... And um, so we have to always remember that we're not in control. Hashem gives us our children and he gives us our matanas and... We have to try to maneuver, and everybody has their own nature. And every parent is perfect for their children. Hashem never made a mistake and never gave us the wrong parents and never gave us... Some people have it more challenging, some people have it difficult, but everybody has the exact parents that Hashem gave that Hashem gave you, and this is the best for you. You can grow from it, you can, you can um, have ta'anot, have you know, you can complain about it, but this is what, where you should grow, and this is your best, talking about ourselves with our parents. And, um, and same to our children, you know, we are the perfect parents to this child, to each child, and each child is very different, and each parent is very different, and the dynamic between each child and the same parent is very different, as we all know. <laughs> okay, you want to start, Ken? Okay. Okay, so question number one. What do you feel is the most important mito or midos to cultivate in our children? So, um, since we are the perfect parents, we'll continue with that. And uh, since we can't cultivate, is that the word? I'm sorry about my English. My English is... Uh, I'm Israeli, and I, she'll translate some things in the middle that I'm stuck. Um, so um, my feeling is that 
you can't cultivate a child with needles. It's all mm -hmm. self, what did you say? Dugmat's meat? A personal example? A personal example. Everything is a personal example. And this is what the kids absorb, and each kid will absorb a different midah. And each kid will absorb whatever resonates with them and whatever fits them. And there's no such a thing, you know, to, stay, to start teaching a kid, you have to do gmilus chasodim, you have to learn Torah, you have to, you have to do everything. You know, Ha'olam is standing on all things, not on one thing, you know, and not extreme. So each kid will pick up whatever it is. And I can give you the example. My uh, husband, uh, my, my husband, when he was, was must be his father, my father-in-law. He gave a eulogy for his father. What? He's translating just in case I'm going to get his father. Right. Yeah. So my husband has another a brother only. There are two brothers, and they were both must be my father-in-law. My father-in-law was a very special person. He was a Holocaust survivor, and each one had described their father totally, totally different, as if you're talking about two completely different people. <laughs> and. It was too funny, you know, to to see how each one perceives and absorb whatever he absorbs and whatever you know talks to him and the way he sees it. And in children, we see it all the time. You can say the same thing to nine children, and each one will take it in a different direction, and each one will understand it different. So I don't think there is a a way to cultivate a midah, because we need all the midos, and everybody has, Baruch Hashem, good midos, and, you know, it, it goes to the next generation, Be'ezat Hashem. Okay. Um, what is your perspective on children earning things that are wants and not needs, versus being given them stuff, like a better camera, menorah, backpack, an additional pair of shoes, etc.? Should we parents who give just because we love you, or should that lead, or does that lead to entitlement? This is the same question. <laughs> should children yeah. help out to pay for extra significant expenses that may not be necessities, like sleepaway camp, if it's a stretch for the parents to pay? And what do we do when one child has more of a need or desire for fancier things than parents think is necessary? Okay, so it's all it's you know the same. Yeah, the same idea, but it's not really the same idea. Um, the first one that um, a child, uh, that if you want to give a child a present, of course you should give a child a present, you know, not every day, not every minute, not to bribe him every minute, but a present is a very, very important and good healthy thing for Hanukkah, for a birthday, it's beautiful. Um, or a special uh, price, price, right. But, um, but my personal feeling is that um, children should learn how to help parents if the parents are stressed with sending them to, to camp, so they shouldn't go to the camp or if you decide that you want him to go to the camp. I don't think that could be a burden on the child that he should participate with that. That's my own personal feeling. Everybody can think different and it's fine and everybody can think different in general. Um, but that's my personal take on that. I don't feel that children should, should be... Um, uh, should be partners with the parents, you know? They can, and the other question is, if they want something special, extra, that they can work for it, they can, you know, earn money for it, it's fine. But it's as judgmental of every family and every dynamic and every child is so different and it's very hard to give, you know, uh, rules and regulations about these things because it's various with each one. 
everybody's different. Um, but in general, I think, yes, kids should, should have rewards and should have, you know, uh, a present occasionally. I think it's, uh, it's very important. And for grandmothers, even more. <laughs> I have grandchildren who calls me Safta present. <laughs> That's my name. <laughs> and imagine if I don't come with a present. <laughs> So, so yeah. Um, I just want to clarify. So yeah. when it comes to like bigger things like sleepaway camp or things like right. that, the, the it should be like either we can or we can't. But we're not impressing upon the kids like right. it, you know to to partner with us in helping. Exactly. But if it's like a, a an isolated thing, like you want this extra thing, that's just not what we do in our family. But if you want to, you can go earn right. your own money and get it. Right. Yes. Or well, not with your own money. You know each. Each situation is very different. If a child wants another pair of shoes or another, you know, it's, it's your own judgmental. You know, you, nobody can tell you if it's right or wrong. There's no right and wrong about it. It's, it's your own feeling. And sometimes you feel the child deserves it. And sometimes you feel that you can ask him, okay, so we'll be partners of it. You know, each one is different. And uh, there's no rules. <laughs> But to be, uh, that's my own feeling. That's how I grew up, that my parents would never tell, if they couldn't afford something, they would not buy it. And they would never, I also don't like the word, I can't afford it. This is something that's very ingrained in me, that I, I, I would never tell my kids I can't afford it. Either I don't think you need it, or if you need it, we'll get it, you know? Or, uh, you know, this is the way. But they can't afford it, put so much pressure on the child that they feel like, you know, we're poor, we can't afford it, we're, you know, child doesn't have to get the burden from the parents of their stress. I mean, people are going through hard times and everybody has... There are challenges and they can't afford things. And it's okay, you know, to not be able to, to not buy it because, but the idea of I can't afford it, to me, it's bad. Everybody else can take it or leave it. Um, but I feel very, I don't like it when people tell kids I can't afford it and that's why we're not buying it. It's... Uh, it gives him, a, it gives the child uh, all burden. burden, yeah. It burdens him very much and he, because to a child, parents can do everything. Parents are the shutafim of Hashem, you know, shlosha shutafim ba'adam, everybody. Three partners. Three partners every person. in every person and it's, you know, and we're, we're, we're we can do everything. And this is how a child should perceive his parents, that, you know, whatever he says with the boundaries, whatever he, he says is right, and it's very right. And the fact that he is not, he can't afford it, I don't know, it, it just gives me a very bad uh, feeling of, of, uh, of expressing, you know, to the child that I can't afford it my own personal. <laughs> okay. Can I just yeah. an example of people asking specific examples? So like I said, I tell my kids, I'll pay for one year of camp, the next one's then you have to work to, to do something to go back. Right. Know? So like you're saying, if that's just our family philosophy, then... Right, and it's fine. There's, again, I'm saying... saying you can't afford it, I just think that you should... I'll give you one treat. Yes. Like, you know. And if you want it, it's not because you can't afford it, because you want him to to work and earn it. That's fine. But the fact that you can't afford it and and he's doing it, I, I don't know. I don't feel right about it. And again, that's what I say. Everybody has different dynamics and different upbringings. And, you know, we all... Do do it our way, and general, <coughs> general. That's what I feel. Okay. Do feel free to raise your hand and ask yeah. follow up questions. Mm -hmm. This is um okay. 
Um, as busy Jewish mothers who are taking care of families while simultaneously working and running a home, what is the balance between fulfilling the mundane or practical responsibilities that need to get done and spending quality time playing, schmoozing, enjoying time with our children? Um, it's the same part, part of the same question. Also, any tips on perspective or perspective on how to manage and enjoy these very busy and exhausting years? Um, yeah, well, that's a, that's a million dollars question <laughs> that everybody, I'm sure, going through every day with this question. And there is no balance, and there is no everybody's different, and everybody, you know has different times and different, you know, challenges that, that, you know, with every day. And there's no, there's no such a thing to say, you know, oh, you have to do this, you have to spend time with your child. There's no such a thing, you have to. My philosophy in general is I'm doing the right thing and I'm trying the right thing and it's okay what I'm doing. And no guilt feeling, and no, because guilt feeling is the worst thing of, you know, bringing up a family because kids read you and they feel how insecure you are, and you always feel bad that you didn't do this and you didn't do this. So the fundamental, the basic thing is we're doing the right thing, we're doing our own good Hishtadlis, and we're okay. And today I wasn't so good. It's fine. So tomorrow it's going to be again. It's fine. There is nothing wrong with, you know, we all have hard days and, and you know, and babies and pregnancies and this and that. And, and it's hard and it's challenging. And, and so first of all, we always have to believe in ourselves that we're doing the right thing and it's good and it's fine. You want to do more, you want to hear more, it's fine, it's good, but the basic is we're okay. And, uh, and about spending time with kids, what my belief is very much five minutes just. Um, um, just say Yeah, that's what I'm. <laughs> five minutes of full attention. Un, um, uninterrupted. uninterrupted attention is much more worth it than two hours of, I don't know. <coughs> uh, uninterrupted means no phone, no people, no nothing. Just be with that child for five minutes and speak to him and... and uh, devote yourself to him and it doesn't matter it could be once a week it could be whenever it is you know i you know other i heard other parenting classes that they have a chart and they know which kid we are you know i'm spending time with which one it is not me and i never did it and i don't think i can i capable to do it but you know, the fact is that you always have to remember that each one needs undivided attention at, for five minutes with no interruption. And that is a very, and it could be, sometimes it could be once a week and sometimes, there's no time for that. There is no Excel uh, um, page for it. You know, you do it whenever you feel like. And... Um, and and that's basically the the what, what was the, read me the last part of the question. Um, tips or perspectives on how to manage and enjoy these very busy and exhausting years. Oh that yeah, okay. Uh, there's no <laughs> tips, and everybody will have their own uh, you know way how to do it. But the idea is that we're so into. Inter we're very busy, but we're so interrupted and so, you know, even when we talk to our kids, we're not there. Mm -hmm. That's the worst part. I can tell you that my aunt, Alain Shalom, raised 16 children um, in B'nai Brak. <laughs> and 
I remember growing up, I was her children's age, and I remember as a girl, I remember that I always had the feeling that each child there is a Ben Yachid, is the only child. And she had kids every year, you know, every year and a half. <laughs> and, and she was always kind of uh, in, in bed rest, and she was, you know, and it was really hard. But the kids were happy, and each one was always, and I always felt as a girl, I remember, as a teenager, I remember being amazed from her how she, when a child comes back from cheder, from school, from wherever, he comes to her room and he sits next to her and she talks to him, undivided attention. She talks to him, completely him, whatever it was, I don't know what. The, the talk was <laughs> five minutes or whatever it takes, it was only him. And each one never and never felt like they are, you know, in a in a transient area. No, they are. This is this is the everyday life. Is that I have five minutes with my mother, and only me. And it doesn't matter who around it. And I feel this is one of the big secrets of of raising healthier kids because we are, especially today with the phone and with the, everything that's going on and we're busy and we're running and we're, you know, working and, and, and it's endless. But if we have a few minutes designated to the child, it's, it's a million dollars for each one, yes. What if you have a child that needs more than that five minutes? Like, that's never enough. They go like a half hour every day. <laughs> the never enough will be never enough. Those kids who are never enough, and we all have these kids that are, nothing is enough for them. And if we decide that this is enough, and we are happy with it, and we're not guilty, and then it's going to be enough. And if it's not enough, it will never be enough. And it's okay. Nothing will be wrong with it. And you know what? Some kids, they grow up, even when they are 25, they also feel that they were never enough. <laughs> what should we do? <laughs> they'll grow older and they'll have their kids and they'll see that. <laughs> it will come back to them. <laughs> wanted to say? Um, I don't know, I just, with the whole, like, I might be making a big mistake, but we do tell our kids that we can't afford things. Yeah, it's like, fine. It's my own personal yeah. take. Um, I mean, just like with the time, you know, with a kid who never gets enough, like, I just feel like the, and you know, you're saying, like, we need to lead by example or whatever, like, I think our kids need to know, like, we have our limits. Like, I don't, I, right. I can't really put it any other way. Like, I can't just say, like, we don't want you to go to camp. I mean, thank God we've been able to make it work. But right. they do, I think they do need to see that it's hard for us. It's fine. And it's 100% fine. You know, yeah. It's a very expensive Absolutely. Life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. agree on that. <laughs> And, uh, and, and, and it's, that's what I said, you know, whatever I say is, you know, it's my own personal take and I grew up, you know, in Eretz Israel, not here. And maybe I don't even understand so much the culture, the culture here. And my parents were very poor and we couldn't afford anything, but I never felt it, never in my whole life that I knew that we're poor. Uh, you know, at, or I never, I couldn't afford anything. But it was yes or no, we're buying it or we're not buying it, was not according to that. But, you know, the mentality in America and the upbringing is very different, and it's, and it's fine. <laughs> yes? I, I'm... I think I'm understanding something I want to clarify yeah. and maybe will help other people too. Sure. I think what I'm hearing you say is it really doesn't matter 
what you do as long as you're confident in your decisions and you don't like make excuses for your decisions to your kids. Yes, very true, mm-hmm. very right. So, yeah, so like if maybe first, if someone would say, I can't afford it, sounds like an excuse, other people could say, we allowed money for this, we allowed money, and we don't have money for that. Good, like, perfect. The way that you present it, if you're confident, exactly. that's my decision, yes. then you're fine. And confident is one of the very secret rules. <laughs> yes, <laughs> confident really is is what makes it or breaks it. Uh, people that are yes. So let's say you lost your day. Everything's gone wrong. Right. Is it? Would it be? Would it and be it's better, okay. Would it be better to just to kind of leave yours if you can't? really fake this great confidence and that you're not guilty and everything's great. <laughs> yeah. It's like no dinner or pieces of dinner. Is there, like, should you close yourself in a room? Like, what? <laughs> I mean, you, you've you, lost, you've lost, you're, you've maxed out. What, what can right, you do Right, so moment? you'll tell the kids, it depends the ages, it depends, you know, who is responsible. You know, you can't not be responsible for them to go to bed and to have food. You know, you don't have to put a full supper on, but you give them something and it's okay. And tomorrow they'll have a better day and it's okay. There is nothing wrong with it, you know. We all have many days that we can't function. We don't feel well, we, uh, everything is going wrong, like you're saying, and it's overwhelming and it's, and it's okay. But the guilt feeling and, and brings you... Because you're so guilty, you feel like, okay, I'll bribe them. Just take whatever you want. Just <laughs> do whatever you want. And they know how to suck it out from you. <laughs> so, so we can try. You know, sometimes you have to bribe. You have to. There is no choice. But in the general rule, bribing because you are feeling guilty is not a good thing. You want to listen? And you're not allowed to. Actually, yes. <laughs> you're not allowed to. You need me? Where How's it going? You How's it going, ladies? You're being recorded. Um, okay. My okay. children feel strong negative emotions toward one specific child who has ADHD and express that by making fun of, hurting physically and verbally. I know his self-esteem has already been affected because of it. Of course, I stop it right away, but it still happens a lot. I've tried many approaches already, and nothing has helped that much. What should I do? Oh, what should I do? Sorry, not end of question. What should I do to A, redirect their feelings about him, B, preemptively stop any fights or mean speech. That's a tall order, okay? Three, how to respond when they do say something mean, and four, how do I deal with a child who is being hurt before and after? Okay, that's a big one. And I'm sure everybody goes through the same, the same question some, some, sometime. Um, the dynamic um, between parents and kids is that kids really need the attachment. They need the shayachut. They need to belong. They need, it's the biggest need of a child is to belong to the parents, to, to uh, get the approval of the parents. That's all they need. Basically, if you sum it up, that's what they need. So, children fight. This is like, you can talk about it for a few hours because everybody will have, you know, all their input and, and that. I remember when I was probably 20, before I got married, my grandmother, who was actually the sister of the Chazonish, she said to me a few times, she said, if kids fight, they're both at fault. And I was young, and I thought, yeah, I understand better. No, he made him, and he did this, and, you know, we all, they all have big chashbonas and big, you know. And, 
And as I grew up and I raised a family, I realized that kids fight, they're both at fault. The ADHD is at fault and the, the other ones, each and every one is at fault when they fight. Therefore, I don't mix in. Does that make sense to anybody? Do you ever try not to mix in to their fights? Unless it's, you know, it's a, you know, an ambulance you need. <laughs> but until then, I did not mix into my kids' fights. I can tell you that. Mamash befemale, I never did. Unless it was terrible. Because they fight because they want your attention. They want the attachment. They want to prove to you that I am good and he's not good. And, you know, that's what they really, really, on the bottom of the fighting is, it's for us. Yes? Does that apply at any age? Like with like yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. At any age. Because all the kids, they can fight between themselves. They can argue. They can, you know, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with disagreeing. And, but fight, fight, um, never mix in. And I know it's hard. And it takes a lot of work on your own to really not get involved in their fights. Yes? So then what would be the response when they mix you into the fight? <laughs> they what? When they bring you into the fight, what's the response? Just you tell them, the figure it out yourself. Just over and over and over. And over and over and over. But you have to be very confident about it. But if they don't have the skills to figure it out? When they're babies, you know, it's something else. We're not talking about a two-year-old. But a two-year-old will come, he did this and this to me, and, you know, okay, oh, yo, yo, it's terrible. Go tell him not to do it. As long as that works, it's fine. The minute they grow older and that doesn't work, <coughs> no, you tell him what, uh, you know, that he hurt me, that he, uh, you know, I don't know how to say all these words in English, because, But... Uh, the minute they grow older than this, they'll figure it out themselves. And if you take a side and you feel sorry for this ADHD kid or to whoever it is, you'll never finish with it. Never, ever. They will always, they have their cheshbonos, they, they, they have their arithmetic, how do you say cheshbonos? Yeah, they're, they're counting um, calculations. Calculations with you. They have their calculations. He did two weeks to me. He did two weeks ago. He did this, and and then he did this, and then it's never ending. If you don't get involved, but it's a lot. It's a big avoda on yourself not to get involved, and not to get involved in, in adult kids. The same thing. You know, when they, they, they all need the mother's, the parents' attention. They all need it. And um, recently I had a friend, you know, that her two boys were fighting. One is married, one is single. And they were fighting, <coughs> fighting like crazy. They were mean and cruel to each other, literally in, in such a bad way. And, uh, and I said to her, and I'll, I'll give you the example. The married couple wanted to come stay over Shabbos at their house, and the, the single brother was saying, making fun of him, why do you need to stay over? You can go home, you live five minutes away. And, you know, just like nasty, you know, conversations. I said to her, you don't see that they do it just for you. They just prove to you that, you know, I'm smarter, I'm better, he's not. He, you know, there's just the jealousy between the two, and it's only for the mother. I said, let go. Don't mix in. You don't hear it. You don't know it. You can care less. But it takes really 
עבודה to do it, a work for you, with yourself, to just let go and don't mix in. I'm telling you, a few weeks later, she said, they're best friends. There's nothing wrong with them. Yeah. How do you balance that with um, also allowing them to feel like they could come to you with their problems? So here is the thing. To come to you with their problems, if they come to you just to tell you how terrible he was or she or whatever, then you can listen and say, listen, you have to figure it out yourself. You can't, you can't make sense to this. Because if you ask the other one, he will tell you that how bad this one was, you know? And you, you're, you want to be the judge, you know? You'll never end with it, but you'll always be the judge. And you don't want to be the judge. They're both at fault if they're fighting. Nikuda. You know? You have to assume that they're both at fault. <laughs> what comes out after, you know, it, if it gets worse, But I'm telling you, 75% of their fights will not take place if you don't mix in. Yes? So as part of ADHD, so I'm sorry? Have, have this ADHD child, yeah. it be helpful to preempt it and explain to the other kids like what he's suffering with and how you could treat him differently? It's a point, and... You can do it in a very quiet moment, not in the middle of a fight or, or a disaster. You can do it, and it's okay, um, but you have to take each child separately and explain it. But on the other hand, you have to really believe in this ADHD child that he is really good and he can make it. But you have to believe it before, before you can talk to the other kids. You really have to believe he can make it and he's okay. And he is really making himself a victim. He is, and children know exactly where their place is. And they will always be in that place. They'll always be the martyr. They'll always be the miskin. They'll always... They took me, you know, lakhuli, asuli, you know, all these words, you know, that kids would always... He what? did this. I'm just translating. Yeah. Miss Kane is not translatable. How do you translate Miss Kane? No. Nebo. Nebo. Okay. Right. From Hebrew to Yiddish. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so every child in a family has its pla his place, has his chair, has his seat, and he is... received, you know, um, not received, perceived by the parents in a certain way. He's ADHD, and he's the goody-goody one, and he's the wild one, and he is, um, um, can never make it, and he, everybody has, and if we will stop label everybody with their problems, and they're all wonderful, and really believe in them, It's, you know, that's our work to really believe in our children and to really see the, their potential, to see their greatness and each one on their own level and on their own scale. But, but everybody is wonderful and Hashem gave everybody, you know, his kochos and his, you know, challenges. And, and, but if we label it and we make, okay, he's the, the, ADD, the ADD child, you know, forget it, we can't handle it. He has to have medication, and, you know, without medication, he's all over the place. But, you know, if we believe in him, and he's wonderful, and he's great, Nahon, it's hard for him to sit, and he can't concentrate, and he, so we can help him, but we can't put him in a box of... He is terrible, and that's why everybody has to bow to him, and everybody has to be, behave to him. No, everybody is fine, and if you don't <coughs> mix in and you take sides, on the side, as a mother, you can take each one sometimes and explain he's going through a hard time, and he's, you know, 
and it's okay. I know it's difficult for you right now, but it's okay. You'll manage and you'll see that he will be great and you can all, you can all make it. Um, but the not mixing in is, uh, I think it's, uh, it's, uh, it's everyday avoda is not to mix in. Yeah. Are you saying um, that there shouldn't be consequences or punishments? I feel like you the consequences for fights or for... Look, if, if it gets bad, yes. then of course you need to separate, you need to, to give consequences, you know. They have to calm down, they have to go into the room, whatever you do. But, but uh, until then, if you can hold it, and not mix in, why do they need consequences? They're fighting, it's both your fault, and you know, that's their consequences. Yes? So I understand all that for like petty arguments, or <coughs> he took my spot, I was sitting there, that Right, thing. yeah. If you're sitting, let's say, at the Shabbos table, and one kid, unprovoked, says something very mean to another child, should you show like we don't tolerate that, or just ignore it. It's not like they're both coming to try to get you involved in a fight. It's a little different. Um, yeah, well, that's, that's also a hard one, and it usually happens on, on a shop's table <laughs> when everything is so neat and clean and ready, and you're <laughs> finally getting there, and, uh, and then one child, he took my seat, then he's throwing a tantrum. It's, it's hard, but if you really, in your, inside yourself, you really believe that he's okay, and you try to solve it on the, spare, on, the, on the spot because you really don't want it to go to a big, uh, you know, destroy the whole evening. Of course, you have to solve it right there, whichever way. But when it gets, when they suck you in to more than this, atkan, you, you can't go further. <coughs> Just remember not to be sucked in to more details. But I was sitting here, there, here yesterday, and he did it, and it, you know, it, it, it will always. You have to remember always to stop it. Right now, you'll sit here, and you'll sit here, the zebu. Just not to get sucked in. You have to, you have to separate sometimes. They, they, you know, especially boys, they'll kill each other, and, you know, of course, you have to, you, you can't let them go like this, but... Remember that they're both at fault. Anybody else? There was more hands. Yes. Can I go back to the example you gave about the two adult children? Yes. So a two-part question. One, let's say the way you described it, there sounds like there was the single brother. <coughs> that what? The single the sing brother. Yeah. He was a little not so nice in his comments right. that he was making. So do you forget mixing in between the brothers? But do you feel like, depending either, either an adult child, a married child, like in that situation, do you think that there's anything left from the parent in terms of guidance on amigos? Like to say, not mixing in between the brothers, but to say, I'm noticing that I'm hearing comments from you. Absolutely. This, on you know, a separate a note, yes. It's not, it's not so fine. Right. Absolutely. Uh, but not, not to get involved emotionally. Right. With that, that, oh, it's destroying my house, and how can you do it, and you're so mean. No. <laughs> let go, let them fight it out, hakol besedir. And a different thing, in general, chinuch is only in a quiet spot, not when you're screaming and yelling, and not when you're shouting and upset. This is not chinuch. It's... It's okay to scream occasionally. We all do it because we're human and it's fine. But it's not chinuch. This is not where you're going to be mechanic, your kids. Chinuch comes only when you sit down for five minutes or you go for a walk and you talk about it and you discuss it. This is chinuch. This is when the children absorb it and, and they get it. The screaming and yelling, 
which we can't avoid anyways, and I did it all the time, and it's okay, and, and, and the kids grow up with it, and it's fine, but it's not chinuch. Okay, and do you think being married changes any of that? Being married changing? I'm saying married children. Like, if they... We'll talk about chinuch, about married, you know. I think the now? later... No. That's good. The, <laughs> the later <laughs> questions, but... Um, but it's, yeah, it's a separate, it's a whole separate... That's thing. the next yeah. question. Oh, it is? It? Okay, <laughs> so we got there. I actually don't know if it's next. We solved all the problems of the kids, <laughs> now we're the in-laws. <laughs> yeah, so actually the next question is, please provide some ideas of how to maintain good relationships with my daughters-in-law. Oh. Okay. Ooh. Oh, wait. Actually, it's not done. In this generation... Oh, yeah. In this generation, it seems that younger women do not feel an obligation to create extended family time. Oh, that's her. Uh-huh. Say it again. Was the first question was about maintaining relationships with daughters-in-law. Yeah. And then attached to the question was, it seems like the younger women do not feel an obligation to, to spend time with the family. So, who? But I think I, would lo- I think a lot of people would like to extend the daughter-in-law question just overall. Yeah. Daughter-in-law. <laughs> Listen, and daughter-in-law is a known thing from generation, how they don't get along, and it's very hard and difficult. So, we can do our best, and it doesn't always work, and it's okay. You know, it is what it is. But, in general... Young couple, they get married, they, the most important thing for a young couple is their own entity. In Hebrew, it's such a good line, you know. I'll try my best. Yes, wait, there is a, a young couple got married and they came to the parents and whatever and they were talking secrets or they were sitting there and somebody got upset at them. And the father came over to the other child who was upset with the couple and said to him, Zihirut kan bonim. You know when you have the Caution, signs? building here. Yes. <laughs> it's such a good line. A young couple we always have to remember zihirut, caution, eh? Building, building here. Under construction. Under construction, bidiuk. This is a new entity and a new house and a new... So we always have to remember that we're not going there because it's, it's under construction. It's dangerous. So... This is the first basic secret. Um, situations with daughter-in-law, mother-in-law is always, is sometimes complicated. Um, usually it's, it comes from judging and, you know, and feeling that something, somebody took my place or, you know, all of that kind. So what we can try to do is remember that the most important thing is the spouses, the to the couple. This is the most important and we can't bud into anything of their own life because it's... Uh, it's, it's, it's holy only to them, and it's the most important is that they are happy with each other and we cannot, and we cannot mix in. The other question was um, if they can... They don't want to spend time with the family. They the don't want to spend time with the family. Again, they're busy building, and it's okay, and we can let go of them, and it's okay. And the idea of understanding that a married couple we have to let go of them and they have to have their own life and we cannot mix in and we cannot you know express our you know what we think is right and what we feel is good for you is 
not in our conversation anymore because they have to do it their own way. If they come to you for advice, yes, you can give them advice. But if they don't come to you for advice, the best way is to stay away. And they'll make mistakes, and they'll, they'll have the consequences, and you can't help it. The less, the less we mix in, the, le- the more we let go of them, and the more we understand. We also made mistakes, we were young, and it's okay. But it's sometimes very hard, and I understand. But we have to remember that zihirut kan bonim, you know? Caution, it's, it's under constructions here. And that's, that's the, the secret of it. And whoever can do it better. Sometimes it's challenging, and sometimes it's hard, and I am not, you know, I understand. But, but it's still our job to let go. In general, I very much believe in let go when you have teenagers when you have adult kids you have to let them make the decisions you have they can suck you in to every situation and 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 you get so involved and you think oh yo yo what's going to happen with them tomorrow because they're doing you want to say something oh no sorry um and they um, and they're doing such wrong decisions, and but you know what? This is their decisions, and everybody has pchira, and everybody will choose what they what they are and who they are, and we can't help it. If they come for advice, we can advise, but if they don't come for advice, or they just want to, you know, get against you. You have to stay out and you have to let go and understand that they're Hashem's children and he will take care of them. Yes? What if they come for a lot of advice? Like they wake you up shop this morning, should I wear this, should I wear that? Yeah, welcome to teenagers. (laughs) Like, Like what if they come for a lot of advice? So you have to remember that you have to give boundaries. You know, you're... You're a big child, you're a big girl, and make your own decision whichever dress you want to wear or you don't want to wear. And sometimes they'll make you upset because they wear the wrong dress at the wrong time, and it's okay. It's their problem. But it all starts with us. If we feel that we have to, um, we have to control it and we have to make sure that everything is right, then we lost it. Totally. If we let go and we give them their choices and they pick and they choose and they'll do it anyways. So if we just don't feel that they're sucking us in (coughs) to the situation that they, um, they 